so this is the New York City Pinball Championships presented by G Fuel. Day three main event finals two months ago. Uh, division finals, semifinals, game one of three, Walking Dead, Stern 2014. <laughs> and you hit the hardest shot in the game, and the Twitch commentators are very surprised. Trying to shoot the uh, right oh, ramp there, but... Yeah, I would not. I would stay away from that ramp, actually. I mean, you can go all in on Well Walker and hope you survive five shots. No, he's just going for a Walker kill. Just taking what's given him. Okay, now, now he started his mode, and he's trying to get the barn. Yeah, that's the safe play. But, God, it would be nice to lock. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Wow. And they shot on the fly to make the barn. Starts barn, and incidentally, at the same time, he has locked and in his final uh, food award. Yeah. So he's getting close to bloodbath. Um, now the question is, do you do you try to go for the bloodbath? No, you you, just gonna, you make a couple barn. of barn shots first, put some heat you know on what? the other Four guys. Oh, he does it. Very nice. Wow. And he's all in. He's all in. He's going for that bloodbath. Oh, wow. Hit the bottom of that drop target and didn't get any love at all. Oh, there it is. And there it is. He, he got it. He extends his barn, and he starts his bloodbath, and now he can bring in one of the other multiballs as well. Very good. Very good. He could potentially catch up now to Keith Owen if this goes the way he wants. If he really gets nasty on that barn, he can get a lot of points. He's got mode going. The question is, do you try to double it or not? Yes, yes. Yes, you do. And he's got and he's got to hit some out of balls. There he goes. Yeah. There's one. Now he's got the well walker qualified too. I think he just started that. No, no, he, he got another multi. Oh, oh, that was from that was, the that was from the out of ball. He can yeah. attack the well walker. But he can attack, attack the, the well prison. walker while you no, have the, the ball saver. He's only two shots away from prison. The prison. That's the one he wants. Sack everything really nicely here. Barn. Were you raised in a barn, Sean the Stormbrand? Because he just started prison. He started barn. He started prison, and he's got bloodbath running. This is blowing it up. Good for him. Definitely securely in second place by now, putting the pressure on both Steve Battern and Lyman Sheets. I told you it's a ball three game. Yeah. For me, okay. For for me, for Keith Owen, for this guy Nick from Chicago. Yeah. Ball three is where the magic happens. Uh, four ball trapped in one flip. Look, he's up to seventy million already. Seventy million. He's got and he's got another out of ball left. He's still got thirty-one seconds left on the barn. All right. Well, that's his play. He can start to crank that. Or does he risk? No, got to stick points. with it. He's so close to Keith. He's got to stick with that. I wonder if he's aiming for the well. No, I hope he isn't. No, he's going for that beautiful tunnel shot. 16 million points. Wow. He takes the lead. That's awesome. That was amazing. Oh, my God. Holy amazing. fuck balls, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. 40 million in bar. 40 million bar. Amazing shot. That was wow. insane. Let, awesome. He did that really? in half the awesome. time that Keith did, too. Does he that, take the lead? He takes the lead. Really, amazing. really impressive. Amazing. Wow. He took it. Clutch play. That last 16 million point shot is what this put him over the top right yes. there. Yes, yeah. And that, that was on the shot. fly. That was, was a the sick shot. shot. And it was the hardest shot. In the, uh, it was the hardest shot in the game. Hardest yeah, it is. The game, the it shot. is. Through the pops, around the top, 16 million. And now we Good have on you, Nick. Game. Nice shot, bro. That one can finish no better than second in this round. Nick from Chicago goes Stadia. deep dish on this thing. So the important part that you need to know is that uh, the player before was Keith Elwin who's widely regarded as the best player in pinball ever, maybe? All what, what What does one do to become the GOAT? I mean, I, he's won numerous championships. Um, he is... He just doesn't miss, and he is... He seems to be able to deliver in the most clutch situations, and I, I think... But the reason why people are so um, attached to him is that his win-loss record against... The best players in the world, which is tracked on the what's called the IFPA website, which has essentially a breakdown of all of your win-loss records against the best players. He has the best rating against 
just about everyone. I think there's maybe, I, I don't know if this is just rumor at this point, but I don't think there's anyone who's beaten him more <laughs> times. pinball board rumors. More times than he's beaten them. Um, and uh, this is the guy with the hat? Yeah, that's Keith. Okay, that's Keith. All right, so I'll throw this uh, the link to this Twitch stream uh, I would throw in our show notes. Um, but, like, so it looks to me like you were in a hotel conference room. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this is just, this is sort of like, I guess, context-wise, we're giving some credibility here. Uh, so, uh, Anthony and I have spent a lot of time in arcades at various times. Anthony used to run an arcade. Okay. I used to hang out mm. exclusively with you. And... You have graduated since our time together in high school at hanging out arcades to hotel conference room Twitch stream pinball competitions. At this point, the 23 seed in a tournament. Um, what happened? Well, I think, I mean, we had we had grown up playing together. And that was, I think, like yes. you, me, Jace. I mean, I yeah. it was... You started beforehand. I came in later, but yes. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was something that we did a lot. We played a lot of location pinball in Reno, which was made possible because of Okay, okay, like slow down. Location pinball. <laughs> uh, you mean like when people just play pinball as opposed to tournament pinball, I guess? Uh, location pinball is actually usually a disparaging term for pinball uh, that are not home use only. Um, it's a way to say usually busted, broken down location games. Um, it's a it's usually an operator's <laughs> term to describe a machine that's on route, a machine that is in a bar in an arcade, not particularly well like cared a for. A game that like just pieces house. of shit like me might touch. Yeah. I'm, okay. I mean, isn't it? It's like that's the thing with pinball because from my time in the arcade uh we started with like several pinball machines and by the time i left the company we had none uh yes. solely because the upkeep and the work and there was one of those things that i was like i was uh i always loved like working with the text on games uh, yeah so, like, it's very novel and neat but pinball was always like the most interesting like i felt like i couldn't like you know if i'm like replacing a like uh an infrared light on like a railgun shooter or something like i can even do that unclogging the thing but like watching uh the one tech who was really good at repairing pinballs especially ordering places and the way that just the wear and tear that happens from people playing it will like alter a ramp and make a game play slightly different so it's not it's crazy because it's not just that it's physical and it's all it's like switches instead of just um i mean like like a gun game has like three parts yeah. And one of them is a TV. Uh, this, but what's crazy is not only are there so many sensitive electronics, but the game is designed for you to hurt them. Yes, it's like it's, we bought all this nice game. shit. Hurt it. Yeah, hit it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I mean, get that, me. I gave you a heavy thing. Get me. But that's like why I, I think like what was the disparaging term for uh, location pinball? Location pinball. Like that's why. Like you, it's you know, it's like uh, watching this Twitch. Uh, video uh it's it reminds me a lot like i follow uh like the fighting game community sure. kind of loosely uh and it's you know it's a lot of those type of uh um you know hotel conference rooms people, yeah uh you know that's where people go and like you know people bring their own sticks and modified ones because you don't want to just use one that people are banging on it's going to affect so much Wait, what do you mean uh, your like own your sticks? Play. You mean like a joystick? Yeah, your own like, no, like your own yeah, fighting your game. Like they fighting game players have like their yeah. own uh like 
it's it looks like a miniature arcade console. It's a joystick and like the six buttons or whatever. Yeah, you don't. No like, shit, you bring your whole <laughs> controller to an arcade cabinet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not for like well if you're at like a fighting game tournament, then they're running the games on like consoles or something like that. So you're not like they're not running it off a live arcade. Oh, right? okay. So okay. like you're playing like the PS4 version with your own sticks, and people will like spend time and really modifying them so like they have their sticks that have certain types of gates on them and certain types of buttons and stuff. So it's Wait, would like, that be? That sounds like cheating. Well, no, I mean, you're not like, like adding... if, if if every time uh, like a quarterback setup, he's like, no, 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 get my special ball that I brought in my yeah. own case. Everyone would be like, this is not okay. Well, yes, yeah, that's because uh, they're. I don't know if you know this, but the fighting fighting games and football are wildly different sports, <laughs> right? So, uh, like, there's your this... argumentation style is very hurtful, Anthony. I want yeah. you to know that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's like you know people bring their. You're not allowed to you know like add like action replay buttons to your controllers and shit like that, okay. right? But it's just like, are, you know, are there controller? Is there controller doping? Do they ever like bust one open and they're like, ah, oh, you put these crazy repeaters? N- no, there is there is stuff like, uh, um, you know, like a. Uh, uh, occasional doping in terms of like people using like drugs and in methamphetamines and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fast and things like that. Uh, I but, did hear a scandal about like about like Adderall in the chess community. Yeah. Oh, I mean Adderall's big in, in like this the competitive, especially in like uh, like Dota or like Counter Strike or any of those like big big video games. Uh, there's a lot of doping that goes on. Uh, Crazy. With those teams, it's weird. I've been thinking okay. heavily about doping for a tournament that i'm doing in november (laughs) (laughs) what are you thinking about doing it's called 24 hours at the sanctum and Uh, it is a 24 hour marathon non-stop of playing pinball um, can i ask uh so there's going back to the fighting game community thing uh i'm gonna use that a lot today because i find it's a very fascinating comparison but um you know with competitive gaming there is like a there's a literal you can track like tendons in your finger slowly wear down as you age, right? Oh, uh, like it is impossible to be. You can a- you age out of competitive gaming incredibly quickly. It's hard to be competitive, like especially certain games. You mean like, you mean like to- when you when you meet a girl? <laughs> No, I mean like like it, it becomes. So for, for for the record, I like in most conversations, yeah. I'm closer to you than I am to other people. But like for this, just as a balance, I'm gonna have to yeah. try to be the normal person. Oh no, I I'm gonna pull my uh, underwear out just a little bit of my pants, and you just get grab that and get it. <laughs> you just wedge me as needed. Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, okay, so but, sorry, you were saying the tendons in your fingers but, like uh, I mean, there's little things like it literally becomes impossible to click as fast as a younger kid, right? Uh, so like man. people like as a certain age and certain games, like you just you can't play them competitively. That's why like fighting games are really interesting because there's such like a psychological opponent component to it that right. older players really can keep in. Uh, um, it's like it's really interesting, but is. Is there anything like that with pinball? Yeah, are you worried about your like, tendons? Do you see people aging out? Uh, okay, so there's, let's say, two components to that. First, I would say there is a physical component where you are a little nervous Just can't body. tilt the game properly, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I think that, like, if you play improperly and you have bad form, you, I have definitely, early in my, my career, 
um, had, I'm sorry, I'm taking that back. I didn't, early in my yeah. uh, amateur sitting in an arcade, hanging out at an arcade, um, being experience. a fun person. Um, I was definitely could feel it in my elbows, especially with pinball, where you're trying to nudge and shake the machine. If you do it irresponsibly, you can definitely take a toll on your body. Uh, yeah, and I, I imagine height probably plays like if you're very mm. tall and are hunched over the game for years, or if you're like, the perfect height for the machine, right? Yeah. That's going to do something different to your body if you're playing for hours at a time, my, right? My pinball uh, partner and uh, sort of inspirational teammate, uh, her name is Jane Verwise, uh, we play most nights. And um, she has a theory that exceptionally tall men have a, a really strong advantage to a lot of pinball. There's something about... The oh. bird's eye. That you Finally, get tall men get on something the, on the <laughs> play field, um, and especially larger, hulking men have an easier ability to shake and nudge the machine, where it doesn't require mm-hmm. them to move their center of gravity quite as much. But mm. the truth is, I've seen the best players in the world just don't miss, and you just, you yeah. know, it's if you're shaking and saving it all the time. I generally feel like you're not very good in the first place. I think there's. A place for that and a need for that, but oh, shot accuracy okay, so like, is king. So what so we're you're starting saying out is that I just wanted the the yeah. back up one little point for what you just mentioned. So what you're saying is that the truest ultimate form of pinball is like tablet pinball because it removes all of that, right? <laughs> That's what you're arguing for, right? Okay. We need to get rid of all the electronic <laughs> motor pieces, get big touchscreens that can move up to any length. That's what. You, oh, that's the man. true. I'm like grinding my teeth right, right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even knowing it's a joke, it still hurts. I. Uh, it's interesting though, because I feel like if people have never, or like, just seen a little bit of pinball, they're like, "Oh, that nudging seems like cheating." And then you're like, "Oh, the next level is." You're like, "No, this is a really important structure to get you to play the game better." And then the next level is, "No, you don't need that shit." I mean, look, I think. What's amazing about uh, the difference when they describe like competitive pinball versus like location pinball is they actually make the game even more savage against you while you play it. They turn off extra balls. They do standardized modes and rewards. They put the tilt on a hair trigger because the tilt bob can actually be adjusted. Mm. For how sensitive. Yeah, yeah. so it, all of these things I didn't realize until fairly recently. You could adjust almost anything, so you can make uh, the tilt as aggressive or as easy as you wanted. Yeah. And if so, it's too if it's too easy, people just like pick up the edge of the machine. Yeah, yeah. And drive. Uh, tilt. Uh, uh, that's uh, another weird sort of okay question because I haven't seen the inside of a pinball machine in about ten years. Yeah. Uh, I always was impressed by tilt sensors in, uh, like, uh, I loved, like, the idea of, like, everything in old pinball machines was analog, and it was, like, a, like a machine someone designed. Yeah. I yeah. remember the tilt sensors being, like, a small metal weight that was in, like, a circle piece of metal. Yeah. That if it touched that, it would, like, set off the tilt, and you could adjust that. Are they still doing it the that way? The tilt bob still it, like, exists more? exactly in the way you think okay. it is. It's actually located usually on the... Uh, the player side, bottom left of the cabinet. So you have to learn that your nudges and slaps on that side of the cabinet are are more likely to oh. result in a danger than front nudges or right slaps. It's very yeah. And wow. uh, for That's... instance, on some of the games, like uh, Alex, you'd remember this, like Monster Bash. The yeah. under cabinet lighting is so strong through the left out lane. 
uh, through the drain, through the switch there, if you peer down into that, you can actually take a physical look at how much the tilt bob oh. is moving before you step up to play. Okay, good. I feel like this is a good amount now of intense information to start out with. I think we should get now, like, with this as prelim, let's do a show. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We used to be a podcast about books. Now uh, we're talking about the summer of fun. That's our season two of this show. It's season two, episode 25. And for season two, we're mostly talking about stuff from our youth and seeing how it holds up. Specifically for the summer, it is the summer of fun where we're going out and doing things that we can touch, which sounds creepy. I guess I mean like we're just we're going we're, we're not just watching movies. We're going out into the world. Um, I have an excellent panel with me today, although much like the world of pinball, it is too many dudes. Please welcome first uh, uh, my good friend in Southeast Portland, Mr. Anthony Lopez. Uh, excited to be here. Hadn't really thought about this till you mentioned it, but really this is kind of like the summer of fun of things that you can take way too seriously as an adult and that is- totally <laughs> stop making point. fun in any oh, way. I feel like, that's such a good attacked. point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we did bowling a couple weeks ago, which was my version of that. Um, but yeah, so we're taking mostly things from our youth that were fun, and then we're usually talking to someone who has uh, not made it unfun, but changed the fun, yeah, and perhaps I, what, made it less fun for other people around them. That's what I mean. It's like not necessarily uh, in a bad way or direct. Like I think this this stuff is fascinating, and we you know, and like I I love this, but like it is that there's like a sort of like. I, I think most people, especially with pinball, have sort of like a passing, a, oh, it's something you put a few quarters in, and there's like this, it's like an iceberg, right? There's this small tip that most people see, but if you want, yeah. there's this incredible history and uh, interesting mechanical parts of it, and like this great competitive game underneath it. Uh, and if you really want to dive into that, you know, it's the same thing with like comedy. Like I used, comedy used to be a lot of fun to watch, and then you start doing it, and it's like, oh, this is, this is just this now, you know? so much more to it you know yeah and i uh, we didn't really have i wish we had had for miniature golf like a professional miniature golfer which um does not currently exist but i have there was i did watch on youtube a little while ago someone posted a link to a professional televised miniature golf that used to happen and uh boy i bet those people are not getting a lot of phone calls right now so we probably (laughs) would have been able to see what they're up to i mean um i i just imagine that like you would be a professional golfer and then just be like, you know what? I'm going to just go beat Like I want an extra 200 bucks. I just want to go crush these people on my short game. Yeah. I, well, you know what? Actually, Anthony, we were talking, this is just a quick aside. We were talking about, um, what the, if with mini golf being the small version, what would maxi golf look like? What would giant golf be? Yeah. And, um, Ezra's suggestion was just driving a Volkswagen Golf off a cliff, which is not bad. Um, but I was thinking the key to golf is right that it's like normal size club, normal size ball, and small course. So I think the key to max golf that I think someone should make, which is just like you're only allowed to use a driver, and like every hole is like six miles long. So you just just you as many full as hard as you possibly can shots, and then maybe the hole has got to be big just to make it possible. What do you think? I, Can we make I this like game? <laughs> I, uh, if you ever read 1776, the 
the sci-fi story about f- football in the future. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I did read. Yeah, that. by John Boyce. It's incredible. But they do a in that uh, in the far future they do uh, countrywide games of five thousand, uh, like with the oh, football throwing game. When I like they, it. They chuck a giant like four ton uh, football shaped like anvil. Yeah. Uh, like hundreds yep. of thousands of miles into the air, and then people all over the country get together and like track it down and try to find it. Uh-huh. Uh, That's so fun, and it's it's a great it's a great such a great story. But uh, yeah, right. that with golf would be cool. Just, that, <laughs> just somehow hit the ball like from west, one coast to another. You know, yeah. Or I I want uh, I want a form of golf that when you like the water feature is like the golf seat you know what i mean like <laughs> like uh my i oh i got hit in this i landed in the sand dune aka the grand canyon yeah so now i gotta get out of there you know <laughs> all right um that's just catching up on old business i can see already that we are um uh this is going to be not the most linear of shows <laughs> but let me at least bring in our other guests today, our special guest today um from chicago illinois he's at nick's funeral on twitter he's also currently ranked 411th on the International Flipper Pinball Association player database uh, with uh, 207 current points. Uh, please welcome, from Chicago, Illinois, Mr. Nick Delahanty. Hey, everybody. Oh, and I should have said N-E-D if you're looking around. Oh, unfortunately, uh, I've actually changed my pinball initials. You've changed? changed. Oh. Um, so okay. uh, I founded a pinball team that competes uh, in the uh, Pinball Chicago League here. And yeah. um, we, there was uh, one year there was a losers bracket uh, for all the teams that didn't make the playoffs because we were uh-huh. thoroughly just uh, trounced in the regular season. But uh, they uh-huh. instituted a program called uh, Pinball Risk, which is basically like you had to put your initials up at bars, uh, all the different league bars that we played at, and. Every time you had the initials on it, you got the quali- you got the points for that game. If you had the most games, you got the, all the points for that bar. And then you tried to have the most bar. You tried to take over the city with your initials. And so each team sort of put up their own initials. Like uh, the Pinsane Clown Posse was PCP. Um, okay. It's like a, all right. Uh, all right. Really. Wait. I want to appreciate that simple. thoroughly, Anthony. Before you say that, let me just appreciate PCP, the Pinsane Clown Posse. Then, go ahead. Uh, all right. Now. Very right. good. I just want to say, but that's like uh, you're doing like a very analog version of like a geocaching it's, game it's, or something yeah. like that. Almost. It's almost like Ingress, but with pinball machines. Yeah. It's like yes. location. That's risk. awesome. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And then uh, our team uh, is called Extra Ballsy, and so our initials are EXB. And so that's where you'll find me. And so, because I, I wanted our team to be an idea, I wanted like EXB to haunt <laughs> everyone. I didn't want it to because NED is a man. Well, this was a, an activity an that idea. we briefly. This is the thing that we briefly uh, experimented with in Reno as having the same initials for all right? of us, and, and then just trying to take over all the machines. So everybody be like, "Who is this one great player?" And be like, "Actually, it's one good player and three bad players." Uh, here's a, a throwback for you that I learned in my more, yeah. more pinball life. So we were haunted at our um, all of our arcade bar, or actually they weren't even bars at the time. They were just arcades growing up. Yeah, no, we were we were too uh, young. Uh, the locations, uh, a set of initials, and I don't know if you remember this, but I was mm-hmm. I could never beat this one set of initials, and it was NES. NES was everywhere, oh, yeah. and I hated him. And I was like, and yeah. I didn't understand <laughs> it how someone could be that good on so many games. 
Only now do I realize that NES is a world-ranked player called Neil Schatz, who actually has an entire move set named after him. Uh, <laughs> it's called Schatzing. And the move okay. is essentially to... It's particularly valuable on old... Uh, so EM games, electromechanical games, and some early solid states. But uh, what they would do is, like, on a game without ramps and things like that, the... Um, the spinners are usually the most valuable part of the game. And often the way to uh, juice the spinner or light the spinner is to uh, roll over the in-lane target, right? So not the, if there's the out-lane, the part that guides the ball back to your flipper is called the in-lane. And those are, I mean, they're a coin flip whether or not you get it, right? It's the identical sized lane as the thing that punishes you and loses. So, you know, you don't want to run the risk of playing that and shooting in there. So what you do is you from the other flipper, you wait long enough till the ball is just on the tip of your flipper as it's rolling down. Then you shoot the ball up th- from the flipper through the opposite flipper's in lane. You shoot it underneath oh, the pop, okay. uh, underneath yeah. the slingshots, yeah. and then it rolls up and touches the flipper switch. And that's called I've done that on accident. And that's called shatsing an in lane. Um, it's often used mm. to relight um, in lanes and. So he is the reason why I can't beat those scores. And so... Because um, <laughs> he came up with his own cheat but, code. Yeah, I mean, in terms of a reason, that's a pretty good answer, though. Of like, oh, yeah, I can't be literally one of the greatest in the world yeah. at this. Like, uh, is what, there a way... Sorry, in- Anthony, really quick, before you ask this question, um, just to keep us a little bit more focused, um, I just want to say, if you're if you're out there, so, Nick, what was your what was your initials again? Now you're extra ballsy, EXB? EXB, uh, you can follow, uh, basically, a, hist- of our, a history of our team high scores uh, on Instagram, at extra ballsy, or on Twitter, at ex- extra ballsy. And you can nice. see uh, uh, our linear progress as a team. If you are if you're watching I if you're watching for scores which you probably won't find any but I would be ACF Anthony what are your pinball initials uh, ACL Oh man so like if I beat you I'd be like man I tore up that ACL Yeah exactly uh, <laughs> Yeah okay. yeah Nick, good Nick, good I, take it I, fe- uh, wait let, feel it Nick feel it feel all of it take no, I, enjoy it that's for you Um Nick as Okay, so that technique you were just talking about, uh, as someone who's sort of like getting into the nitty gritty of pinball, because like I said, I'm someone who yeah, uh, appreciates like it. it on an iceberg tip, uh, really. Uh, but let's say that that technique. Is there any possible way to like run that drill? You know what I mean? Like oh, in a, with a pinball setting, or is it just like no? You always have to pit in another 50 cents and start over from the beginning and hope you get to that, right? I mean, well, what's nice about those, yeah, so uh, all of the flipper skills, all of the things that, because there's actually a shocking amount of control you can do with just your two flippers and uh, techniques for juggling the ball, transferring the ball, and getting it essentially where you want so you can get the the shot. Um, The the shats is actually a really easy one to practice because all you have to do is just trap a ball on either flipper and then wait as long as humanly possible before flipping again because you have to basically flip it off the uh the one percent tip uh, of the flipper off the very tippy yeah, tip to get it to go underneath and it's super dangerous because and about 90 percent of the times where you're practicing it it's just going to bang off the slingshot and go right out because it's so close to the flipper you the reaction time if you're not uh a youth with excellent uh, fast twitch responses, um, yeah. you just die. But it's uh, it's What's an it? exercise in patience, and you can um, 
our teammates, we run, we run all flipper skills drills pretty often. Um, and that's one we do quite a bit. So, so I mean, it's, it's like, uh, I'm sorry, well, that's, but uh, just, yeah, uh, it. it's go like it. with, you know, sort of like video games to kind of go back to a world. I am really what there's, you know, people talk about like frame perfect tricks, right? When you're like, there are certain techniques and things you have to do that you're not just like doing them at an exact time. You're doing them on an exact frame of a 24 frames a second uh, oh. cycle, right? So it's like, it's, oh, it's again, it's like the analog version of that. It's not just like a, a level of control that like it looks, but you're doing like just incredibly specific type stuff, right? I think so. I think that's a pretty accurate way to describe it. It's There's a shocking amount of nuance to playing well and i think that's one of the barriers that a lot of new players run up against it feels random and it feels like just uh, a thing that can't be controlled and i mean to the point where i mean pinball was actually illegal in america for yes. a time because it was considered a game mm-hmm. of chance and that. a gambling um uh like whole rather than a game cool. of skill and yeah. I'm sure you're aware that uh, pinball is for amusement only, right? <laughs> yeah, you... yeah, they still they still print that on the. I was talking to my wife about this. They still print that on the games because yeah. of this law situation from years and years ago. Yeah, I mean, isn't it like pinball like evolved out? It of, was originally like, actually a gambling game, and then yeah. it became a video game. Like later. that's they put the flippers on there to be like ah game of chance, like right, like or like game like, of skill, yeah, yeah, game of skill. Like isn't that how that it like it just they slowly like hobbed it out, like or, like added piece by piece, and then Which, if you think about it, it's kind of fun where they were like, so this is a gambling game, but if we add flippers, we don't have to give them anything back. <laughs> Instead of paying back like 30% of the money we take in, we could pay back absolutely nothing forever and people will like it more. That like all we're doing is we're playing slot machines that don't give you any money back. So when we were going up, let's let's go back a step because I feel like I'm uh, I, I, I feel like this is um, skewed towards the intensity and I want to give us more of a uh, let's do a little more touchy feely stuff at least uh, for a segment here. So um uh, let's talk about our histories with this game. Oh, sure. um, one thing that's funny about growing up in Reno, Nevada, where uh, Nick and I are both from, is that all of the casino it's actually a great arcade town because all of the casinos have arcades as a way to practice losing money f- to a machine. <laughs> Just, so they were like, l- l- while, you're a- while the adults are losing money to these slot machines, let's get the kids ready for it. Let's yeah. send them to DDR. Well, it's two birds, one stone, right? It's that, but also, like, keep the parents in the real gambling. Place, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, That's... something for you to do and also teach you how to be an adult later. They also, like, they even had, because we were, like, they, well, these are all, like, ticket arcades. So they there's, like, the game with the rakes where you you push quarters off, um, you drop a quarter in, it piles up. actual gambling game. That's it. That's what I was gonna say. So yes. that is that's a machine they have in the main room where you get the quarters back, and in the in the arcade where they give you worthless paper tickets instead. Like you're just, it's just such a clear pathway from childhood into gambling addiction. Yeah, um, and you so know the, they also in those kids' arcades they pump pure oxygen into the room. <laughs> yeah, the there's juice, no windows. They don't as, want you as to long know. As you keep playing, the juice boxes are free, man. It's <laughs> fucked up. Like. They just yeah, it's, it's no it was so interesting. Walls. But because of that, like in in Portland, if you want to play pinball, 
it's it's a I mean it's a pinball paradise right now, but they're all bars. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it's liquor lounge with pinball in the back because pinball it turns out does not make much money per square foot. But if they can get you in and then sell you booze, they can make actual money about it. Sort of like comedy where no one actually wants it and it's a bad industry. But if you pay for drinks, now there's actual money in it. But uh, again, the thing I sort of mentioned earlier, the upkeep on pinball machines, like the overhead is insane. Well, yeah, exactly. For the so possible lack of uh, investment, if you like, uh, will tone, you know. So that's why, yeah, a lot of people like the pizza place with a pinball machine in the corner, like that. That that exists way less now, is my understanding, yeah. because they're so they're they're way bigger. Per, like they have more square footage per per game and. Uh, like you charge like three dollars to play Time Crisis and fifty cents to play pinball, and if you're good at pinball, you don't pay that often. Whereas if you are good at Time Crisis, it's still going to run out of time. That's its thing. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a crisis. I, one of the managers of one of the pinball bars is also a league player, and uh, mm-hmm. his name is Alex Lecky, and he's also an excellent player. We were chatting once, and he was telling me that uh, they just installed skee ball machines in our home bar, which is Emporium Wicker Park. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that the skee ball machines make more than every other game in that bar combined and cost nearly nothing to maintain. Yeah. (laughs) Can I I be a real kind of pedantic dick for a second? Yeah. Well, Uh, finally, we'll get some of that in on this show. Uh, Do you know if it's, uh, were they actual skee ball machines or were they alleyway games? I, they look new. Like, they do not look like authentic. But old. but is, are you saying skee ball is a brand like yeah, Kleenex? Ski, that's uh, that's one of those things. My boss at the arcade uh, would nail. He would hate when people would call them skee ball machines because skee ball is a brand. Yes, uh, uh, yeah. and he's like the alleyway games. Skee ball. We don't own. We don't work with skee ball. <laughs> skee ball is a specific brand. That I we don't think. Use. Like, yeah. I so I, I think you know how like this is controversial, but you know how with eminent domain, the government can like pay you an appropriate price and take your your house and build like something cool there um uh we should be able to do that with brand names there should be look kleenex belongs to us not to you anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, we it means yeah chapstick we we have earned this yeah yeah we could do this all day it's still fun and we have earned it so fuck you band-aid that's our word now i i just think of, of all of those i think like uh being like completely okay with them, but this is the hill I want to die on. Is the <laughs> skee ball alleyway one? Yeah, of course. It's such a weird specific thing that I just got so used to hearing him say. Yeah. Uh, that I just like it. Just was so funny. It started as like a parody that I would just make fun of him for, and then I just started legitimately doing it, and I. No, I will never call it Ski Ball again. It will be alleyway only. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, yeah. This, you've definitely you're speaking to the right crowd, and that well, uh, unless, we we enjoy it taking real, something and make it making unless it. Unless you see that. that Ski Ball branding, then being like, "Ooh, authentic Ski Ball, I like oh, it." Yeah. <laughs> um, while you're, Nick, if this is if this if you're this easy to alter, uh, let me also throw out Onesie, mm. which is a brand. Kiwi, the fruit is a brand name. No. Yep. No yeah. zipper. Windbreaker, you, jet ski, escalator, tabloid, hula hoop, crockpot, band aid, ping pong, ping pong, frisbee, yeah, dumpster. You, you guys, dumpster. Dumpster's not right. That's our yeah. My well, favorite. Exa- see the the people own dumpster, not the Dempster brothers, well, who trademarked you, it in 1936. You know, this is like like a like um 
like to if you're a company like Velcro is constantly releasing like ads and large musical numbers to try to get people's attention about this issue because if you if that if what you're saying like legally happens like a thing becomes just ambiguous like you lose your copyright as a company uh-huh. so uh, I like actually am fascinated by this process specifically it's so interesting, yeah. struggle because uh, yeah. they have the whole thing you know it's what is it it's like hook and clip material yeah, yeah. Which is like yeah. the technical hook. name of it yeah uh, but yeah, like you have, they spend like millions of dollars to try to get people's attentions to be like, hey, a- please stop calling this Velcro. <laughs> uh, yeah, according to the, this uh, just listicle that I had pulled up, a clasp locker or zip fastener are yeah. the names uh, for zipper. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, so where was I? Okay, so we so we came up in in this arcade system where there was a lot of places to play because the adults were game like not are particular adults most of the time but this is how the system works so there was a lot of arcades available to us which are harder now um i feel like nick when i met you though you were already much more in the arcade world than i had been um i i feel like well not feel like i know for sure like i remember walking through several arcades as a kid and my my parents being like no we're not going to put money into that machine right now but you were already good when i got there so what was your introduction to the arcade world uh so there's a couple facets to this i would say first Um, I, when I was growing up, my mother worked as a, um, as like a, oh man, I gotta remember this word. Uh, she did nails. It's like, uh, there's a word for this. Beautician? No. Not an esthetician? Uh, I'm gonna, I'll come back to I mean, I I would call it a nail tech right now, (laughs) which by the way, side note, I got my first pedicure last weekend. Really enjoyed it. Nice. Did you get the... the I'm sure, yeah, that one you should have been able to yeah. get. Yes. Uh, did you I get gotta, the uh, oil like uh, wax on your hands yeah, thing? Because that's paraffin the paraffin wax. Yeah. She well. Yeah. yeah. She no. Well, I, I did just feet, not hands. Um, oh. Uh, I mean, you just, can get the wax on your feet too, buddy. There's no hot wax. No. Although I have done uh, a paraffin dip for when I had broken my when I broke my finger. That was one of the things that I had to do with my. Uh, um, physical therapist which was super fun until i like the itemized bill came out and they were like this is 45 dollars for me to touch your melted candle and now i hate it yeah but um the the pedicure i highly recommend yeah. like i don't like people touching me so it was a little ticklish at first um and there's a weird socioeconomic thing about having somebody clean your feet but boy my toes have not felt nicer great oh just well, just putting that out can, there you, you guys can, if you, you have not my mom she's she does she does hands and feet but <laughs> that would be the weirdest um although i wouldn't recognize her we've never hung out before so okay so your mom was a manicurist yeah, anyway she did it and she worked at a nail salon in a casino and so when i was just mm. old enough to like be a person on summer vacation but not enough to stay home uh, she would bring me to work, and much in the same way, uh, she would dump me in an arcade with a roll of quarters and be like, I'll be back in eight hours. And Whoa, the, the dumb version of That's me, so many hours. Yeah. The dumb version <laughs> of me started playing the X-Men side-scroller, which just uh-huh. is a quarter-destroying whole uh, abyss. Yeah. And... Because, and to my great pain, that game, to utilize your mutant power is literally to kill yourself. And it, <laughs> it, it eats your energy when you do your awesome It's move. a good metaphor for being a child. It, and I would do that. It might not be, but it's, it's, it could be. And burn through it in, in 
an hour, right? And so yeah. when I started playing pinball, it was like you could get a replay. You could get a free game and continue into perpetuity. So it seemed like a better investment for my money. Um, and so I would yeah. play a lot. My dad taught me uh, the most crucial thing about pinball. He taught me that you could, what, had a trap, right? Had to do what's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. now known as like a live catch. Um, but... I was gonna. I was gonna say we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of like a very beginner tutorial. I think I'd like you to do later. Oh. But I think probably the first move is not pressing both flippers at the same time. Yeah, double flipping. And then the Whoa. second move is catching. <laughs> that's. I mean, that that's the most important dad wisdom I think I got at, in that crucial developmental part of my life. Um, but yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh, it was magical to realize that you could control it in some way and. Um, and then I, I played a lot while I was there. My first job was at Circus Circus when I was 15. I worked on the Midway. and Yeah, I, you were a, uh, like a, some sort of institutional carny. It was not like a, a out-in-the-park the carny, but an indoor carny. Yeah, that was a very strange experience uh, as a youth um, because they were v- it's a scam, and yeah. they yeah. make you toe the line as a 15-year-old, and you're like basically just hurting people who are trying to win prizes for their kids it is a rough wait anthony weren't you telling me that you don't think that midways are a scam last week wait what's a midway uh, just a um at a, at a fair like all the cheating games at a carnival oh no i mean there's definitely i i, I didn't say that oh okay uh, never mind then somebody said that to me and i was like oh you're gonna regret that <laughs> no i mean there's definitely like uh like, there's certain games that the odds are a little bit more in your favor. But, yeah, no, it's absolutely designed. It's the... the what, yeah, you're What was the worst scam the that you were part of at Circus Circus? I'm trying to think. The worst... What game was the worst? The worst thing for me, I think, was... Um, there was... They would do uh, the ring toss game, right? So, the, mm-hmm. the Coca-Cola ring toss game, which won the biggest prize in the thing... They had different size rings depending on how busy the weekend was going to be, and whoa, you, and there were there were ver- of varying sizes. Um, and I remember thinking that um, that particular thing was like really shocking. And they would track how much money you made and how many people won. And if you could get fired if too many people won, they knew statistically how many yeah. rings ought to have landed on a thing and it's disgusting it's yeah. um that one i and the, the what what the oh, sorry go ahead no i was gonna say what i love about this is that the circus circus just like the, with the arcades is like it's a casino that's where the money is the midway and the shows are like just to get people in the door to lose money at the casinos yeah. And what they did was they were like, but we want an authentic circus midway experience, so we will rip you off even though we for sure don't need to. Yeah, it's really crazy. Like <laughs> it was like for it was for the love of ripping you off that they had all yeah. those those treating rules. Well, it's it's I've always thought like like midways are selling like uh selling like this Americana scam, right? Like this 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 idea like if you, you go in knowing, like, everyone knows they're getting ripped off at these t- right. types of things, right? But there's something about, like, the sort of, like, the aesthetic and the experience and the chance that you're yeah. doing. Like, there's, it's it's still, like, a it's a great microcosm for American capitalism in general a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, yeah. And so we, so, so, so you, uh, 
you ended up working at a, at a, at a midway at a casino um and it's somewhere somewhere after that uh we started hanging out and we went to arcades a bunch and we actually at one point got this is the um not embarrassing now given what else we've talked about today but like um if I was at like a normal dinner party, I probably wouldn't volunteer this quickly. Uh, but we had a pinball crew for a, sh- a period of time. Um, and we uh, we built a website to track all of the machines in town because no one was doing that, which every city has some version of a pinball database at this point, any, any like decent sized city. Uh, and we were the ones running the Reno one. And we tried to put our initials, the, the team initials on a game and... Uh, and it was we were it was kind of serious for a brief period of time. Had, I, and I, you know, if I had to track it, I would say that we had we had success doing that because we also didn't drink. If you remember that yeah. time in our lives, like we would just I still don't, but yeah, we we none of us did at the time. Yeah, like our entire crew, you, me, Tim, Jace, like we just yeah loved to to play games and do that. And I think when you're looking for something to do, like it's. Those arcades were huge for us to be able to like it's, play air hockey or pinball. Yeah, I, pinball is not the most social game, and especially um, I if you're way better than the other person. So like when I was hanging out with my wife yesterday doing research, like um, research? the percentage of time that I well I'm getting ready for the show, yeah, uh, the, the amount of time that I was staring at the machine uh, versus the time where we were in between talking, and, and then the time she was at, it's very disproportionate, and it makes it feel a little less social that one of us is like angry at a machine and the other one's just standing there watching. But we. Uh, when we were a pinball crew, uh, as invented, I'm sure other people have also figured this out, but we invented a more social way of playing the game. Hero um, mode. Called Hero Mode, yeah. <laughs> where we would take turns, each person would get a ball, and we'd all work on the same game, and you'd have to set other people up and try to play as a group, which made a way, like, we actually made it into a less lone wolf game, which I think is really cool. That That's something that I still enjoy, and I will still do with other people now. It is actually a really lovely way to play. Um, I, I'm kind of sad there isn't more of a, like a co-op mode that, um, that yeah. Stern hasn't Have you ever, you ever played uh, one person on each flipper? So <laughs> you ever played pinball so like that's that? That's called Split Flipper. Uh, one of my teammates, yeah, sure. uh, Anna, Neil, and I are the MGC 2018 Split Flipper champions. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, and, that's awesome. And often um, we will settle, uh, in a league match, you will settle ties uh, against the other team with the Split Flipper game. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. I would like it better if you brought in your own stick, like you came in with your own <laughs> controller so you could flip down, because the thing that I don't like about it is that you might have to bump into the other person. Um, it's got more of a three-legged race feel uh, that way, but I, I love the idea of a team flipping activity. And then, and then when there's a machine that has one of the little flippers up top that's not that important, then you get like your kid brother. It's like you can come in and flip this one, Johnny, and he's like just flipping it all the time and not helping. So you it, on split flipper games yeah. uh, is the person on the side of the plunger like the captain because they have the more important <laughs> job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it on a, on a well played split flipper game. There's actually a really great amount of cooperation and teamwork that goes into it um mm-hmm. it's it's kind of amazing to watch two good players play especially like uh when i play with my teammates who we we play in a very similar way right just from like our strategies are very similar and so you kind of have to and it feels a little like if you've ever played like online multiplayer 
like first person shooter games where someone will call something out and be like, all right, you know, dead flip on the take, like through the ramp. Uh, I'm going to take it out of the scoop. You're going to like, I'm going to post pass it to you. We're going to take this thing. And then you try to like actively communicate during it. Some people you'll yeah. say, you'll determine who is going to run the rollovers to make sure you get that. There's like, it's, it's a really fun thing to watch a, a couple of good players. Do I would, I'm definitely yeah. going to watch that sometime. That it's, sounds like a great time. Uh, I, you know, but it's unlike playing first-person shooters online. I'm not also getting called like racial slurs and my wife a bitch, right? Like, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, so, just like ever, that. Do you ever see anyone playing Split Flipper and it looks like they're like they're like drifting, like the pilots in Pacific Rim, like they're just becoming one body, you <laughs> know, not even having to communicate, just yeah. on the same page. Some of the better right. couples in uh, pinball couples in the city dominate at split flip, and it's beautiful. Oh, I like that. That's pretty beautiful. All right, Anthony. So you, we we established that you used to work in our, uh, you used to run an arcade for some time. What was your yes. early arcade experience, and then like what was how, how did pinball play into this or not? Um. Pinball's always been kind of like something I, I would stop by at the arcade, you know, play a few games, but it was never one of my favorite games, right? So I have very similar to you two. I didn't grow up in Reno. I grew up in Oregon where there's a few casinos, and I spent a good amount of time in the <laughs> arcades as a kid uh, uh, because this is what my parents would like to do uh, fairly often. And so I got, you know, spent a lot of time in those arcades. I spent a lot of time in movie theaters, which had arcades and pinball machines as a kid. So I've always been around it. Um, But I've always been the kind of person that's like, pinball I enjoy. I'm going to be honest with you. If I had to choose between, like, the four-player stand-up X-Men and pinball, I'm probably always going to go with X-Men. I just... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, personally, I'm trying to find the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game if I'm trying to truly find a uh, uh, four-player stand-up. But yeah, that'd be I, fun. I like to play, like, Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons oh, yeah. as well, exactly. Uh, so I, you know, my most of my time in arcades or, like, ticket games. I always liked those because I liked winning prizes. Uh, but I've always been the type of thing is it wasn't until i started working at the arcade and sort of working on pinball and being able to like see people get really good or i remember being like 21 or 22 and going to ground control for the first time and yeah which is a uh, arcade bar a barcade in portland and it used to be set up that the entire bottom floor was uh, like regular arcade games and the second floor was all pinball yeah. And I remember the first time going up to the second floor and just seeing, like, the variety and, the like, uh, a room full of people playing. And it, it was, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like a scene, like I said, the that there's, oh, there's so much more here than I originally thought. Like, I remember found, finding that, like, overwhelming and, like, really interesting and, like, going up to a game that I was like, oh, I've played this game before. I think I got a free ball on it once. And then just watching someone, like, be really good at it. I remember, like, being like, oh, wow, there's, like, a real depth here. Yeah. So I've always had a respect for it, but I've never, like I said, never been someone who, like, has the attention span to learn it or, um... Yeah, so I don't really play it too much, but I have a lot of... I think it's a really interesting game. I think we should have brought on someone who does not respect pinball, because I feel like this has been too positive. I think there's... Because there are people who find it very off-putting. 
my wife mentioned that for her, it is an expensive game still because when you're bad, it drains very quickly and it can eat, eat through quarters. I don't think it's necessarily worse than like these other like your x-men game it's a better investment when you could get better but if you're bad it is like the worst it's sort of a short and punitive game well there's also you know with x-men right there's you know uh two buttons four buttons whatever and like eight animations your character has so it's like oh i mistimed this and i got punched in the face too much it makes sense if you don't know what you're doing at pinball it can literally be like what the fuck? I hit a thing, then there was four balls on there. Yeah, or yeah. Like yeah, that. multi-ball feels like a punishment when you're first starting yeah. out. Or there's the... Okay, so... I don't know. This happens to me occasionally. This is probably going to sound really embarrassing. I imagine this never happens to you. No. Uh, but occasionally, I will play pinball. I'll hit the plunger up. It will go out, and it will just go straight down the middle. And the, I feel like there was nothing I could do, and I lose the Those ball. Those are called like, house when it's balls. Just like the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like when that happens, it's just so like, well, I don't even know what I did. What was I supposed to do differently? Then? Like it, and because there's nothing that's like a clear indicator, it can yeah. become very. It feels like a, a vengeful or just like random god that just uh, yeah. is just punishing you for no reason because you put money in and 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 three three balls goes by very quickly depending on the machine, and it is a lot. It's a lot of flashing. It's a lot of stimulus all at the same time and guiding someone into the game, getting them into the early, the easy modes is uh, something that they don't always do super well. So I think maybe that's one of another reason why it ends up not making as much money is because it, like it's when you walk by it, it's not as like, oh, this guy, you shoot this zombie and his head explodes. This is like, who knows what's happening here? Yeah. The theme of this is clearly a movie from the 70s, uh, but, like, why is any of it happening? Well, it feels very yeah, intense. That's actually intense. a really interesting point for the design of a lot of these games. It really depends on um, how good the UI is and the UX is designed, because yeah. there are many yeah. games that are excellent at sort of guiding you along the path, because there is sort of a path to a lot of these, right? That culminates yeah. in, a, in a high-end mode called a wizard mode, and... Great games do an excellent job at both through the callouts and through the light shows and animations, sort of indicating what's important when. And I think when you feel lost as a player, I think that's a failure of the design of the game. The modern mm-hmm. games are yeah. much better at sort of guiding you through where you ought to be. Yeah, I, so and, one, one game that I've really loved that came out in the last I don't know, 10 years is the uh, Wizard of Oz machine um, from Jersey Jack, which was like the first new pinball company in a long time when everybody thought it was never going to happen. And one of the things that I think is brilliant about the Wizard of Oz machine is that they use LEDs brilliantly to make like the whole playing field turn a color except for the shot that you need to make that is a different color. Mm. And the, the design of the lights, the light layout and how they turn on and off guides you through the game very well well it's like you know pinball is uh, compared to video games again it's like you know you start the first level of mario and it's a very simple okay here's what you have to do you go from left to right and you have to jump on these goombas and it's like oh here's a a gap you can jump but if you fall into it it's okay and then a few seconds later it's like oh here's a jump a gap you have to jump if you fall into it it's not okay right and they can slowly uh, introduce you, you these ideas and pinball's always like okay cool boss rush mode right at the beginning essentially like <laughs> well, you've never played this game before you understand the 
basics of it, but like here's this entire board in front of you right here. And you know? because of the way physics exists, you can't just have like the ball pause in midair and then say like, now try this flipper. Here it comes. You yeah. got it. You can't walk someone through the first few shots as slowly as you could in a video game because yeah. the ball is always trying to die. Like there's a existential dread that a, the ball yeah. has like the spork in the new toy story movie that's just like kill me now i can't wait to die i am garbage throw me here's, away here's uh, yeah. an interesting f- uh philosophical approach that a lot of different players have so my my pinball teammate jane likes to ask this question are you playing against the machine or is the ball oh. your ally and in defeating the game or like you know what i mean is are you right, right yeah, yeah. so so it, are you are you hitting the ball like to are you are you mad at the ball or is the ball your teammate and you're just like guiding it gently around yeah right and i like to think that the ball wants to die and you are trying to stop it you're like uh the ball's natural state is to be like hide me away in the bottom of the machine again let me get out <laughs> um you know, like the yeah, like the outlanes, right? The the name of it is like it's an exit. The ball wants that, and you were like, "No, you will get up here in the pop bumpers where you hate it." <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, That's how I, I play. I, I feel that it's like the the ball is like uh, an extension of you, like you and the ball are, sure. are one in a yeah. game. You yeah. know, that it's it's not so much that the it's you know the chaos and the randomness of it. Um, that sounds like yeah, a healthier way and a person that would be better at the game. Um, so besides the philosophical approach, so when, you know, this has been a fun conversation and we are uh, running very long. So let's start to move towards an ending. But I, I think the thing for the, the haters or just the um, uh, pinball agnostics um, who don't know if it exists or not, um, like we've got some sales pitches on the game. It's physical. It's really like, it's interesting. Like the, 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 what is built is what is happening. You're, you're, you're touching a piece of art. That's very interesting in the physical world, but let's say, uh, beyond that, I'm going to start playing for the first time. Um, so we meant like, what do I look for in a table? And then walk me through the first few things I do to get better. Oh, sure. So what am I looking at? What, what pinball machines? Cause uh, for sure, some of them are way more fun than others. So what am I looking for to make a game, especially when I'm starting out, that will be a good? Do I just pick something that's like, oh, I love this band? I mean, I I think you're going to, yeah, having a natural enthusiasm for the property is fun. Yeah. But, I mean, I would say pick one that you enjoy, right? Whether or not you like the art or if you like the movie or the thing. If, if you're going to get a giggle out of a call out when somebody's, like, yeah. doing a movie quote that you like. You'll uh, you'll quickly I, learn. That reminds me. Actually, I just favorite. a thing I thought of was that when we we start we're playing at this one arcade all the time, and they they one of the new machines they got was the Sopranos, and <laughs> I played the shit out of that Sopranos game without having ever watched the Sopranos. So when I finally got around to watching the Sopranos, I knew everyone who died in the first season because <laughs> there's a you go through them in in order. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the mode is uh, let's kill these guys. So I was like, oh man, you're not gonna last long. You're on the pinball game. <laughs> you're- I mean, was, I, yeah. I, so I would say, you know, pick one that you that you have an inclination towards because you'll quickly find whether or not you find it enjoyable. Um, one of my favorites was always a game called Monster Bash where you yes. assemble a rock band of universal monsters, which I just think is the best idea for a thing, period. Hmm. Um, it's so, so good. So it's all the classic universal monsters. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, the Frankenstein's monster. It's Dracula. It's the mummy. Except... 
they are all musicians and what they want really badly is to form a rock band that plays original songs that are monster themed it is so goofy in the most lovable wonderful way it's such a charming setup and at the same time the shots are cleanly designed the progression is really clear for someone like me who knows a little bit but not much it's a really fun game the toys are fun like the fact that like uh, frankenstein's monster is he like comes down and then you shoot him in his dumb crotch like it's like a really satisfying game in all of the ways it's such a great game i'm so upset that universal has spent Hundreds of millions of dollars trying to start this goddamn dark universe. Yeah. The greatest premise is yep. right there. They already had it. In front it. of them. They already they did. They already own it. What are they doing? We didn't need an intense mummy. We need mummy who plays the bass. Yeah. We yeah. need to Dracula get... Untold. Dracula on stage. Yeah. I want to see it. It's, the call out to Dracula Unsung. hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah, it's and so funny just, written. Uh, it's a very rare and expensive game. But they just did. Uh, the Chicago Gaming Company just issued a remake of it. A oh. like, so there's thousands of these new monster bashes that are in gorgeous shape. They're fantastic, and if you find one, you should just play it because it's a blast. Yeah, the other and and it's also it happened to be at the uh, um. It was at the like golden age of pinball design. So it was all those things, and also it was like when we were the best at designing pinball. Oh, here's something for you, Alex. You know how we had talked about yes. those players in the uh, the Twitch stream that we were talking about the at the New yeah. York City Pinball Championship. Um, mm-hmm. One of those players, uh, Lyman Sheets, is the mm-hmm. programmer of Monster Bash. Oh. Uh, so when you watch that um, that stream, also know that Lyman Sheets also programmed. The Walking Dead. So uh, we were playing him on his game. On the machine he built. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but he's That's also a former, I think, world champion. He's, uh, I think he was ranked in the top 10. I don't know where he is now, but he has been in the top 10 in the world um, in his life. He's a monster. Um, um, some other like stuff from around that age that I also enjoy when I see it uh, is uh, Medieval Madness. Also got a remake. Um, also got a remake from the Chicago Game Company, it looks like. But it's another one where it's like, it's not it's not an IP that you already know, but it's just like, it's it's funny. It's like, clearly, it's like, here's a series of kings, and you are attacking their castles, and each of the kings is got his own goofy thing and funny call-outs, as you call them, sound effects, or funny qu- quotes. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's also just like clean and fun, and the toys are great, and the, the main thing where you destroy a castle is very satisfying. Do you know um, the voice of some of the, the voiceover is from Tina Fey from when she lived in Chicago in the 90s? I did. That's I remember cool. them being some like early Chicago comics. I did not realize Tina Fey was on yeah. there. That's amazing. She's uh, She does the, the call-outs in. for a lot of those. That's so and fun. And those like incredible... Uh, sound chips that all that um, all <laughs> pinball machine the the vocal quality recordings on pinball machines uh, yeah. the old ones were not I, great yeah I I mean I love it. I think it has like this great like grimy sound to a pinball machine that I I love you know what Nick oh man this is gonna okay so I just pulled up this uh, the Monster Bash re yeah, yeah. remake and I played it yesterday and I hated it oh no I hated it. <laughs> I thought, so it's so funny, I thought they had just, someone had just come in and done a bunch of aftermarket stuff and ruined this game. And the main reason was, it is 
too bright. <laughs> the uh, LEDs, and this might be an adjustable setting, but from the picture, it looks like they're always this bright, are gnarly blinding for being in a dark bar. Mm-hmm. And it makes it very hard to see the ball because it is so shiny and the lights are so intense. And also, the new LEDs, like I was saying with uh, Wizard of Oz, which I enjoy, the the opposite of that, where the LEDs don't seem to be connected to the gameplay. They just change colors all the time for no reason. And it, it was very upsetting to me. I did not... I thought it was just like they'd ruined this game for fun, but this was a remake of it. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, so a lot of them... Uh, that, that's a pretty common complaint, right? So one of the things, like, uh, a lot of the pinball companies design these games in a fluorescent room factory in a factory yeah they're not not designed for bar locations right that's uh and so a lot of the light shows and a lot of the the levels at how intense a lot of this stuff is is not designed for dank barness and so and the the corollary to that is that some people complain that some of the older games are too dark so there's actually a company that makes it's very fun they called pin stadium lights and they're uh, LED strips that attach to the side, uh, like the blades of oh, an nice. upper part of a like uh, internal cabinet, and they illuminate older playfields that don't have good. Uh, it's called GI or uh, general illumination. Interesting. Well, okay. Yeah, I so mean, we- I know that I I personally am a fan of like just being able to uh, swipe up on the bottom of my iPad and turn the brightness <laughs> up or down manually. <laughs> Right, so what that does... He just went to the me, dentist. Be not, be, don't be so mean to Nick's teeth. Can I... Oh, Nick, I, uh, so can I just say, I've been yeah. thinking about pinball. I was like, I have a really positive memory of pinball. I've been trying to remember this entire time. What, like, what's my favorite pinball game? And I remembered it, and I'm scared to Tell say me. it because I don't think it's possible to slap someone over the internet, but I think we might find <laughs> out. I love them all. There's no, there's no wrong answer. No. No, any well, any no, music, is, any band themed pinball is the wrong answer. No, this is the wrong answer because easily the most time I've ever spent on a single pinball game. If you say uh, Space Cadet, is, no, I oh, don't oh, think you would ever guess this. Star one Wars because, Episode One, Pinball Two Thousand. No, it was uh, Metroid Pinball for the Nintendo DS. <laughs> oh, yep. Okay, slap him. Uh, Get him. Get yeah, him, Nick. So, <laughs> It, here's what I mean. It came with the rumble cartridge that you would put into it to create authentic pinball feelings. Uh, <laughs> That's my favorite thing about pinball machines is the way they rumble on my palms. Yes. Uh, but it was on a small, you know, two, three-inch screens. Uh, and it was, you know, Samus from Metroid rolls up into a ball, so it makes sense perfectly. Sure. Uh but that's that. probably for some reason I'm sitting there and I was like I, I bought that game on the whim because I was a big fan of Metroid and that I honestly think is the most time I've ever played pinball and honestly like most of my understanding of the game came from that so like you can like test, test it and like it's not authentic but like my my like respect and understanding from the game would be even like lower if it wasn't for like this entry point. So, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is without uh, without these like uh, like with the tablet uh, uh, versions of them, do you feel at least that because these are preserving machines that are otherwise going to be lost to time in a lot of ways that they're not too bad? I just I'm trying to get your reading oh, sure. on how you actually feel about tablet 
so, pinball because I do know it's pretty popular. I know. Uh, so there are actually some pretty good replicas of existing games, right? And that's what I think you're talking mm. about. Is that they actually do like carbon copies of the table that are digital. Um, I've played a yes. handful of them. Um, I know a lot of competitive players will play them uh, to prepare for a game that they don't have uh, in their region, so they can learn just to the learn the sets, table, like to learn, like yeah. um, essentially, like what modes are valuable, like and where how to get to the wizard mode and things like that. Um, so I think in that regard, they're uh, they're great and they're awesome. Um, I think if you love them, I would never begrudge anyone who loves it. I think that. It's not what's what's magical to me about pinball is the physical interaction is the the realness of uh, the mechanical movements. I think there's something like really fun about actually fighting gravity in that way. Um, but that's like that's for me, right? I also, I yeah. mean, I, I will tell you 100%. I played Space Cadet pinball on my Windows 95 machine. Like, I oh yeah, pinball. yeah. Like I played a ton of that, and I yeah, like there, I would never shame someone for enjoying something <laughs> and i mean i would for a long time but now that i'm in my mid-30s i no longer do that yeah. I, I mean, mean i still do you... but i'm trying to cut back on it do you, do you know anyone or have you ever played like a digital version of a game because the odds of you coming across like that actual machine are super low you know what i mean like there's like iconic machines that you will probably never see unless you go somewhere, right? Yeah, Things of course. that are just lost. Yeah, I think that the that's time and like, possible. And like the idea of at least preserving them in that form, I I I like a lot personally. I think that's like super important on a level. Uh, so we got to start uh, wrapping this up. Um, so let's finish up this uh, beginner's guide, though. So you pick a game because you like the uh, the IP, you like the look of it. Um, what are the like so? If I if I'm you know a, a magnet crotch starting out, uh, uh, the ball's always hitting Wait, me. What? Right? You, the ball oh, just got, goes straight down the middle, right? You, no. As if I had a magnet in my crotch. No, no, I got it. I got it. It, <laughs> it just, just took, a took me a second. To <laughs> so so let's say I have started out like that. Like, uh, what are the ways that you can help me have fun quickly on the game? Sure. Okay. Uh, besides the one that I just said, which is don't press both flippers at the same time most of the time. Uh, so one of the, the first things you'd want to know is that um, almost on every game there's uh, what's called a skill shot. It's a uh, the first thing that you do actually begins before you even touch a flipper, which is uh, on your plunger. There's often a value for hitting a shot without flipping yet, right? So um, there whether or not most of the time they take place in like in lanes up at the top, but just be aware of where. Think about this. Instead of just pulling the plunger back and letting it go and letting the world decide what happens, think about where you want the ball to actually go. There are some games where you can half plunge it and then actually have the ball on your play field before the game even knows you're playing. That's called a short plunge. A good example of this yeah. is like Ghostbusters. You can actually get the ball on your flipper before the game knows you're playing and then get a free shot on whatever you're looking for. So you can skillfully plunge, and that's the first thing to remember is that it's not even... It doesn't start when you start flipping. It starts actually on the plunge, and you can decide. That's such a great piece of starter advice. Because I was playing when I was playing with my wife yesterday. She's never really played pinball before this, except occasionally, like every once in a while, with me, we'll play for ten minutes. But when she figured out the skill shots, she was 
so into it and that was like her main thing actually she was really cute so the two things she liked the most are skill shots and the bonus at the end because yeah. every game gives you some it's seemingly arbitrary at the beginning and then there's other ways to get better bonuses but like so we'd start out she'd figure out the skill shot and then she would and she got really good at skill shots she couldn't get anything else but she hit every skill shot for for an hour and then at the end every time she'd finish she'd drain the ball and then she'd look up and she'd be like i got a bonus <laughs> and it was really great That's... it's just such a positive because when i when i drain the ball i get kind of flustered and it's not the best part of my personality and sometimes i kind of want to slap the metal part in the front of the machine and i was trying not to do that because it seemed disrespectful but then the owner of the bar was playing on a different machine for a little while and he did it so i was like well maybe it's okay but like i'm well, it's and his it's, machine alex that's true but that's i'm angry I, i'm mad at the machine and and megan was looking up going oh cool a bonus so i i really like skill shots and bonuses is a good start right so that's i think but I, okay. you, you come over to my house and i <laughs> like just because i might you know well can I I can hit something around my house? But I don't want you going over. That's and true. Doing it. You, you do. Know what I mean? You kiss your wife on the mouth. I'm not supposed to. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So fair enough. Th- the next step I would say is that um, every time you flip, you put the ball in danger. Right. So that's an important <laughs> way to imagine your. Uh, interaction with the game that's deep so it is you're giving that ball a chance to die like it desperately wants to so what you want to do is understand that and make educated decisions about when is the optimal time to do it and some of the best ways to control that is actually to not flip uh most of the time if a ball is traveling at your flipper in uh you know straight down the flipper you can not touch the flipper and the rubber will actually absorb the bounce off the ball and then send it to the other flipper that's called a uh, a dead bounce or a dead flip or there's a number of different names for it but like being able to read a ball and actually to eat the momentum of the ball so you can take a more controlled shot out of it instead of having to just hit it on the fly is an incredible way to gain some uh control over your circumstances right and that i think is what's really helpful and then once you can do and that and it takes away that 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 feeling of like i'm just slapping it up like like a volleyball like it's always trying to get down i'm just keeping it all, all the a little bit of it slows down and it's in your control that feels very comforting and then you can lift your flipper and then uh typically you can actually keep between the the in lane and the flipper there's like a little elbow where you can actually cradle the ball and then actually decide okay well what does the game want me to shoot now what is what uh what is lit what is where is my progress towards multi-balls and you can sort of let the um the user interface sort of guide you to understand what makes sense for the next move and there's some other if you're interested um the pinball um there's plenty of like if you google it like flipper skills there's like great animations i uh a guy named Jack Danger is an animator. He runs a, a Twitch stream called Dead Flip. He's made plenty of like animations where you can actually watch um, flipper skill techniques and how they actually can be implemented. So there's like a way to pass the ball from flipper to flipper off, bouncing it off the little slingshot mechanism. That's um, actually shockingly easy to do. Um, and those are really. I've always thought of that as the as very very difficult. It's when you know what it you're, so hitting, hard. Where you're trying to hit it off of. It becomes actually pretty easy, and you can do it consistently. Nice. I, I actually recommend that people learn that uh, particular skill. And then there's like a whole host of other crazy stuff you can do. But the idea would be when you take a shot, 
you want to real, especially a shot that misses. You learn a lot from your misses, and you can say, "Okay, did I miss early? Did I miss late? And where on the flipper did I decide to take that shot?" And you can adjust mid-game. And I think the great players have the ability to adjust their shots because every table is different, and that's part of the magic of it. You can adjust your play mid-game and be like, "Oh, on my home bar, the." this shot is at like 75% down the flipper, but at this bar it's at like 85 and I got to wait a little longer because the flipper is not quite as strong or the pitch is a little bit more aggressive. And there's a lot that you can do with that about, um, you know, getting... I think that's a good amount. I think if you just uh, find a game that looks fun, you um, uh, realize that you're, you're working with the ball and every time you flip it, you're putting it in danger and you hit the skill shot and you get excited about a bonus and you slow down and catch it occasionally, you're going to be like already having a pretty good time and your money will last a lot longer. Well, Nick, can I ask uh, a few questions? Go for it. Yeah. I'm going to give you just not... a very few because we got to wrap this up. Yeah, so. yeah I just, uh, just because as someone who's not good at pinball, yeah. uh, I find this fascinating. So I want to s- sort of maybe for anyone listening who has uh, some follow-up questions to those, those techniques are all really good. But my, I guess my main two questions. Uh, my biggest problem with pinball is like you, you make it sound easy. This idea of like when the ball is coming towards those flippers to not just panic and start hitting everything. Oh yeah, like crazy. actually, yeah, great you know question. What? How do you keep the panic down? Mm. Yeah, so that's because that's I feel my one of my biggest problems with pinball is like it's it's going good until it's not sure. and then it's it's almost like it, i guess like the closest video game equivalent is like going when it goes bad in tetris you know yeah. like i think i know what i'm doing that but then feeling. i just that you start getting flustered and one mistake leads to another which leads to another sure. which leads to another um so like that's the thing is like you you make it sound so simple when you're like well you know you know pass it from flipper to flipper and do this it's like how do i just when that ball is coming towards me make that decision of like, okay, stay calm and just hit this one flipper. Like, what am I looking for? Okay, so I'll say two things. One, that I think, uh, know that every pinball game that's ever been played has ended and that you will lose (laughs) and that that's inevitable. This is surprisingly a much more philosophical episode than I was expecting. Like, and that's okay. And the, when I am in competition, I I often, you know, you, you panic and you start like not trusting yourself. You don't use your flipper skills. You just sort of are you trying you switch from trying to achieve something with the ball to begging the ball not to leave you. Right. And that yeah. is not <laughs> the, a recipe for great play. Nobody's ever been happier in a relationship when their partner was just begging them not to leave. So I think yeah. you have to be willing to make some take some risks and also, but also play intelligently and smart and patient and trust a little more. You kind of have to let the game, like, sort of do its thing, right? Because you can't fight. You you are fighting gravity, and it's a it's a tricky battle. Um, I would say part of the ways that you can get around that is also trusting nudging. I think that's something I haven't talked about at all so far. But like the ball. That's the cheating thing where you hit the side of the machine. Yeah, and there's a, a million different types of great nudges, right? You can sort of bump the ball off uh, off the little rubbers to get a little forward momentum the way you would off a trampoline. You can um, nudge the ball side to side, and this is how you will protect against what's called a center drain, where it's just coming right between the substantial gap between your flippers. But 
I think the most important thing is, you know, have fun. Like, I also, what I recommend to new players is be brave, right? If you're not going to be brave while playing a pinball machine, if you're going to play pinball conservatively and scared and, like, afraid (laughs) to hit a shot, like, what does that mean for the rest of your life? Be brave. Swing away. Like, go for the high score. Like, you know, just... And I think it when when it pays off and you're rewarded with like the the mode or the the monster bash or whatever you get, it's it's super satisfying and it's like a really enjoyable experience. But and then you just lose that really fast. Yeah, but and you will mm-hmm. lose it, right? It's it's hard and it takes. But what I would I would shift your perspective into thinking that instead of the game punishing you and cheating you. I think what I have been helped by is take responsibility. You punish for your it drain. and cheat every drain. It, oh, is you know that's fault. better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you believe that, well, like you can then actually start to play the game because you take agency over the ball's location and positions, and then you say, "No, I want you to go here now," or "We're going to go here." However, you want to imagine the ball movement, but don't think of it as random. <laughs> well, think of it as like there's going to be chaos, but you are in charge of it. You control when it happens and how it happens. And sometimes you just get boned because it's a mechanical device. But Man, when you're setting up for your pinball tournament with your team, extra ballsy, and you guys are having a, a quick huddle and you're talking through all this about like living your life brave and working with the ball and you know this is a this is a very this is a good sports movie. I'm <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I'm into I, this sports movie right now. This is like so fascinating. I have two more two more quick questions Great. Uh, and then I'll stop asking you questions uh, of this. Well, okay. So, besides the panicking uh that is my biggest hurdle with pinball. My second, that is, I guess, almost a more philosophical question as well, is when you're playing pinball, am, am I playing, like, present in terms of, like, the the where the ball is currently at and what my flipper is doing? Or am I trying to play, like, where the ball is going to be two flippers from now? Does that oh, make sense? Sure. Like, I, last thing, I've never known if I'm, like, should I just focus on when it's coming back towards me should i be like making plans because the way people like you you two were doing it earlier when you were talking about like the way the story works in pinball and the way it's like you should do this and this and this and it's like i look at a machine and i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about it's just things and gizmos everywhere like what's what should be the order of operation when you're playing pinball if that makes sense i mean i will say that's a tough question now when i play i have a path that I do for almost every pinball machine that I've played before. I know what my from my first plunge, what my first mode is. I have an idea of where I'd want to go. Uh, I would say if you have no idea and you don't know, a, you know, you don't have a readout on you don't the, even know what we're talking advanced about. rule sets or any of that, I would say the dumb version of this is hit the lit shots. The game will guide you if it's designed yes. properly to where okay. you should go next. And I would say when you're shooting it, right, you want to kind of like, if you miss, right, you want to be thinking about in in as much as you can in a split second where the trajectory of the ball is headed. If it's heading like a rainbow to the out lane, you might want to like give it a nudge or a preemptive, you know, wiggle or something like that because you want to anticipate where it is going on this next thing. You can't really know 10 moves down the line, right? You can just save it 
get it back under, you know, they talk about this, get it back under control, get it like resting on a flipper and then decide what your next move is going to be. Um, you'll develop. I, I think, I, I think we're not emphasizing this enough. I think that's so important. It's like the thing that you're supposed to do is almost always the flashingest. That like just if you don't if you're looking around and you don't know what's going on, there's usually a, a, a an arrow shaped light built into the 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 table somewhere that is flashing and pointing at a ramp. Try that one. It's it's usually a solid bet. Yeah. Um. Last question, Anthony. Oh, um. If you could have any one game in your house, what would it be? Ooh, solid. Um. I think there. are there are two answers for uh, a game that I think is... No, I'm just going to answer one now because it's easy. Yeah. Uh, I think I really like the new Batman 66 remake um, of the original Dark oh, Knight. Oh, machine. I played that the other day. Um, it is, again, programmed by Lyman Sheets. It's incredible. Wait, what is... Wait, it's a Batman 66 version of the Dark Knight, like a Adam West version yes. of the Dark so Knight? Stern like Pinball the... made a, dark, or a, a Batman Dark Knight I think it's actually yeah I've seen that one um, and they took the same table and then they repurposed it they rethemed it to be recorded with uh, old retro Batman callouts and animations and okay. they redesigned everything about it and the entire rule set that you play it so when you play it even though the play field looks functionally pretty identical it is a completely different game and the reason why I love that game is it both because like be- I love Batman. And the it represents the great. one true Batman. The um, he went to Whitman. <laughs> I know <laughs> he went to my school. Uh, yeah, but I I think what I love about that particular game is they've put a level of depth into the code that is like you know you can play the major game, but now there's like this level of really fine gritty insanity where you like stack these little minor villains one on top of each other, and you can end up with a score that is like exponentially 50 times higher than anybody else could get if you're willing to do this very specific and rewarding stack of modes and it is incredibly difficult and it's super rewarding but i like that game because i could let my friends just pick up and play and they would know exactly what to do but it rewards a level of depth if you really want to just go into the weeds and try and like get the highest score and it's like gorgeous it's a beautiful looking game it'd be the the thing I would want to have in my home. Uh, so we're gonna wrap down on our main segment for all of season two of Read and Weep. Does it hold up? Um, I, it feels a little bit unfair here, but let, let's just do basic closing statements on pinball and 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 if and how it how and why it holds up for you. Um, Anthony, pinball does it hold up? Nope. <laughs> That's Great. Fair. I'll go next. Um, uh, no, it's yeah, it's. It's great. This has been a fascinating. I I think every time Alex, every time I talk about pinball with you, uh, I think it holds up more. You, like it's the oh, man. We've talked about pinball a lot because yeah. of my history with arcades, and it's always every single time I talk about it or have you. I mean, I can't even ima- remember count how many times I've literally stood in front of an arcade machine while you have uh, a pinball machine while you have said, "Well, this is does this, and then this does yeah. this." I'm like. It's it's one of those things like, uh, you know, maybe I'm probably not going to ever go out specifically to do it, but the fact that I, I love that people are still carrying, you know, keeping that flame alive and like, it's it's cool. Yeah, pinball Super absolutely cool. holds up. Um, for uh, for me, 
I, you know, I have such mixed feelings. There are a lot of things that I like that I don't recommend to people. <laughs> and I think pinball might be partly that. Um, and so one is that, like, especially hanging out with my wife the other day, she did feel like it was like, like, it was soul crushing and expensive. And it's not a fun combination that way. Um, <laughs> and uh, another thing is that uh, the location pinball, uh, where you're playing in bars, because it's so hard to upkeep, the percentage of machines that you come across in a normal life that are broken in some way that significantly detracts from the fun of the game is very high. And like if like if you were going around playing Ninja Turtles games, but like three quarters of the time the left button doesn't work, you'd be like, this is just not a fun, it's not as much fun. I wouldn't recommend people go play this game. In ideal conditions, maybe. Like, and with pinball, it's kind of weird then. You'd have to say like, go to the places that can afford to have their own full-time techs fixing stuff because everyone is trying to destroy the games all the time. And so you need that place. Um, and uh, so that's like a slight detraction from it. Um, I th- And also, yeah, I guess we, like, we haven't really talked about this because, partially because of the makeup of the show today. But also, especially in Portland, it feels like, and it's probably true in Chicago, there is, there's a bit of like a douchebag on Tinder vibe where he's like, our fun date is that I'll buy you tacos and pinball because I can afford that. And then, like, he's, it's just like, and I, I, you walk, I walk by these people all the time where there's a guy explaining pinball to a woman. And it's like, it's just a, there's a bad vibe to it that make, creeps me out a little bit. Sure. So, all of that, uh, though, aside, the, the, the conversation today has made me want to play pinball right now so bad. Um, so, it's got something for me. There's so much that I love about it, and I just like have all these little caveats about whether or not I would recommend it to somebody. Um, but I have a very good time playing it in in most contexts. And it also, I I posted this picture on Instagram. But the, like while I was playing a game that we one of the early games that was at the arcade we hung out with all the time. We we're playing. I was playing the Lord of the Rings game, which is easy and and straightforward. Which is a nice like it's a. I feel like it's a nice beginner machine because it's pretty clear and it's not super hard. Um, and you get to hit, the, there's a, there's a toy that you get to hit in the face, which is my favorite thing in pinball. And, um, uh, and then they were playing Nick cave, which I like got into in high school. So it just felt very much, uh, reminiscent of this time in my life. So I enjoyed it for those reasons. And also just the physicality is really fun. And, um, yeah, so I, for me, I would say mixed bag holds up for me may not hold up for you. Your mileage may vary. Nick does pinball hold up. Uh, yes, I have loved it for <laughs> more than half of my life. Uh, what I would say is uh, my recommendation would be, I think it's hard to do on your own. I think that if I look back at my life and what made it work well, um, I think what is truly fantastic is um, finding friends and finding people to play and explore it with. If you if there's a league in your city, if there's... Um, so there's specifically referring to the douchebag vibe. In most major cities, mm-hmm. there's a chapter of an all-women's pinball club called Bells and Chimes which is incredible. Um, Good name. Yeah, solid. Oh, uh, sorry. That just reminds me. So um, you mentioned Dead Flip, which is a cool name. I think my favorite pinball term, and by far Megan's favorite pinball term that she learned yesterday was super everything. Yeah. So uh, she was. I, I, I hit super everything on a machine, and she flipped out. She was like, I don't understand. It's just like, it's just such a positive, like, everything's great. Look around. You can't, you can't blow it. Everything here is good right now. Um, so yeah, super everything. All right, yeah. sorry. So uh, bells and chimes, though. Bells and chimes, I would strongly recommend. And 
these like leagues and competitions and things like that, you'll learn so much from playing with great players. You'll get to, you know, they'll, those people already know where the good games are located. I think that you'll get so much mileage out of that. Um, it's pretty infectious once you realize that there is more control than you thought. And it's kind of addicting or addictive to get that um, control. And man, so there are a lot of these bells and chimes uh, groups around. Dozens, uh, yeah. There, there is one in Portland. There, like obviously big, big cities. But there's also a surprising number of these in smaller towns. So uh, Portland, Maine, and and uh, um, Grand Rapids and Fort Wayne, Indiana. Like they're around. So yeah, I mean, pinball cool. is a like a very sort of privileged kind of thing in the sense that. There's a lot of places, if you don't live, like, it's cool, like, it, there's machines in every city, but if you're not in a city, you're not close to a place, it's, like, very hard to do. So, like, I, it's the type of thing, like, I living in Portland, I wish I almost took more advantage of it, because, like, I know there is such a, a culture and history here with it that it's cool. Yeah, yeah, and I, there are definitely, there's a bunch of leagues and stuff around that you, uh, and tournaments and um, although the places that have the tournaments and leagues are the most likely to be well maintained, they also are the places where the machines are most likely to be set on harder versions. Yes, it can be a little more frustrating in that way. Yeah, uh, that the the super overly bright uh, monster bash was also very steep uh, and uh, uh, very difficult to play. So that was also like clearly for 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 the good people. Um, those are good. Those are awesome recommendations. Those are those are good. Uh, I I do feel like, despite being a little bit obtuse, we had some friendly stuff to beginners, and hopefully more people will go play because of it. I hope so. It's like yeah. I mean, I think it's great, and I I think that surrounding yourself with people who are interested in it makes it incredibly. Uh, more accessible. I learned more about pinball yeah. in the first year that I started playing with the good players here than I learned in the entirety of the time that we spent by ourselves. Like the internet is such a marvelous oh, yeah. resource now for pinball things. Like there are, um, so there are tutorials. Uh, one of the best ones you can check out is is called uh, Papa Pinball, and it's Bo and Karen's, um, who's a world championship player, and he actually will run through an entire tutorial on game after game after game and teach you how to play all of the modes, how to start all of the different things. It's so valuable. Um, well, that's an awesome recommendation as well. We have to wrap up. It's been a, a, a really good show. Um, uh, before I go, I just want to say that we have all earned uh, 47 billion bonus points. Woo! Hell I yeah. got a bonus! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is it for our show, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back again next week. Next week, we will be... Uh, well, actually, we'll be back again in two weeks. We're taking next week off uh, because I'm going to a wedding. Um, and so unless anyone wants to hear my thoughts on whether weddings hold up, which probably you don't, um, uh, that seems like an, not really a youthful hold up. That's a new thing. from your. I guess it's from your late 20s. Do weddings hold up? Anyway, I'm going to wedding next week, so we'll be back in two weeks, but uh, we're going to continue our summer of fun throughout July, and I have some very exciting stuff coming up. And then in early August, we're also going to go to the State Fair, and we'll get to talk about Crooked Carnival games. So lots of great stuff. Uh, Great talking to you, Anthony. As always, a real pleasure. And uh, Nick, you can find Nick on Twitter at Nick's Funeral, and you can also follow his uh, uh, OK Pinball team, Extra Ballsy, 
at Extra Ballsy on Instagram. Thanks for talking us through this, Nick. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was really nostalgic for me being able to chat with you, and it was good to meet you. Yeah, likewise. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, had you guys never met before? No. Oh. Um, uh, Anthony, Nick, Nick, Anthony. Hey. How's it going? Anthony... Anthony is my uh, co-co-host, so Ezra is here at, like every other week, oh, and Anthony sure. is here most weeks. Um, he's taking over the, the the co-host chair. Anyway, now you guys, I, we should have done that earlier. Now I'm embarrassed. All right. Well, anyway, I got to go. I got super everything in my house, so I have so much cool shit to do. All well, right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.